ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. Children of all ages, boys and girls, dogs and kitties, let me introduce you the host, the one, the only, Philip. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Podcast. This is episode number 35, and today we're going to talk about professional wrestling and much more. And I have a guest who covered both MMA and professional wrestling with other outlets such as Los Angeles Times, CBSSports.com, SI.com, and also he's on the weekly podcast with uh, Wade Kilder on PWTorch.com. I introduce you, Todd Martin. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Phil. How are you doing? Pretty good, ain't you? I'm doing good. Ready to talk about some wrestling? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, well, my first question is, when did you become a professional wrestling fan? When did you start watching wrestling? First time I remember watching wrestling was in, uh, was in 1990, 1991-ish. Um, I was living in Singapore at the time, and uh, they had uh, WF on television at that point, so I was watching... Uh, versions of uh of WF around that time oh, okay so like the early 90s that back in the, the cartoon i guess you can say the cartoon eras <laughs> absolutely yeah i remember one of the first angles i remember seeing was uh was earthquake jumping on jake the snake robert's snake and and squashing oh. the snake very very traumatic uh moment for for a child oh i, I remember that moment i remember they even showed the even though it's not, it showed the snakes all flat <laughs> at that time on that angle. Um, I remember the moment when I, I was a big Hulk Hogan fan at the time, back in the days, and when I was a kid. And Hogan, I mean, Earthquake, you know, you know, I started to feel with Hulk Hogan. I was in tears, crying. I mean, come on, man, I'm, I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a Hulkamia. Now, who was your favorite wrestler back then when you first started watching? Um, I remember liking Mr. Perfect a lot, Bret Hart. Um, those are some of my early favorites. Other favorites, okay. And what is your favorite match? I don't know. Um, I mean, there have been so many great matches mm-hmm. and so many different styles. I guess, I guess, two that 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 jump out for me are the, and these aren't particularly um, novel picks are. Uh, are Brett and Austin in the submission match of WrestleMania 13 and the mm-hmm. first Okada Omega match. Those, I think, are two that in particular stand out. Okay, yeah. I, I love those matches. Bret Hart, and this makes Stone Cold, I guess you could say the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin, even though he won the King of Ring and then start with the feud with Bret Hart, make him famous, um, or make basically Stone Cold, basically Stone as Stone Cold. Uh, dump that wingmaster gimmick. Um, now, what do you ever go to any wrestling live events? I, I saw you tweet uh, maybe a month, maybe a month ago on the CML, C, CMLL promotion. And how, now, do you ever went to any other wrestling live events besides that promotion? Oh yeah, I mean I've been to I've been to every event you can name. Uh, you know, WWE, WCW, ECW, Impact, New Japan, ROH, uh, PWG, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, you you name a promotion. I've I've uh, over the last thirty years or so, I've I've probably attended one of their events at one point or another. Oh wow, okay. And is the atmosphere different when you go all these promotions events? Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, each promotion has its own sort of uh, ethos. Um, yeah, I mean, and some of them very, you know, very greatly. I mean, uh, you know, an ECW event is uh, is very different from a, from a oh, yeah. uh, from a Stardom event in Japan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, I I went to a lot of WWE live events, house show basically. The only TV events I went was WCW Nitro, I believe in. I was, I would say 2000. This is the part when. Uh, I believe Goldberg take Vince Russell outside at the desert out of nowhere, and this is where Bret Hart hit him with the shovel. You remember that moment? No, I don't. I mean, t- 2000 WCW is something of a uh, of a blur because of how mm-hmm. uh, how bad it was. Um, oh yeah. The one the one I remember with Bret and, and Goldberg um, was the uh, the angle in Toronto where they did the uh, the the gimmick where he was wearing a chest protector on his. Oh, yeah. um, on his chest, but I don't. I don't remember a lot else from that feud. That feud, yeah. Beside that match in Starcade, I can't remember what year was it. The one with Goldberg kicking him in the head. Yeah, that would have been ninety nine. That, that was ninety nine. Okay, yeah. Like that's when he got that concussion. He has to retire. Now, what is your? The you you say you went to all these uh, promotional wrestling events. What's your favorite one? Um, I mean, that's really difficult to say because I've been to so many fun events over the years. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed a couple of PWG's Battle of Los Angeles. Those were over a few days, but, mm-hmm. um, just the, you know, the great atmosphere, you know, show after show was, was really a lot of fun. Um, attending the G1 finals in Japan was, was, uh, was, uh, was great. And SummerSlam 2002, that's another one that stands out with, uh, with, Shawn Michaels returned against Triple H and uh, and Brock and Rock. Um, those are a few. Okay, okay, and and I'm assuming the ticket price. I know the ticket price in WWE from house shows are different now than it is say maybe a few years ago. I remember back then it's like for the main floor it's like sixty three dollars. Now it's like a hundred dollars on the main floor. Um, and I know the pay-per-view events, I believe they're more expensive. And I never went to the pay-per-view events. Does pay-per-view events go to pay-per-view events? Atmosphere is a lot different than the house show events in terms of atmospheres. I mean, it depends on the event. Um, but in, in general, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, th- I think there's in general more electricity by and large at, at major events than uh than smaller non-televised events, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, as far as what you said, uh, certainly the uh, the prices of uh, of tickets have gone up uh, exponentially with uh, with pro wrestling. I think even more so than tickets in general, which uh, which have been on the ascent um, in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, is the ticket price? Is it worth, in your opinion? And this is based on your opinion. In today's product, like with the safe WWE, which we will talk about their product in in a minute, is their prices worth that price? In the when they 
present their current product now than it was like say back in the attitude eras or even the nineties or eighties? I mean, I think I think any product in in a capitalist society is worth what people are, are willing to pay for it. So, mm-hmm. um, if you know if people are, are willing to pay whatever it is, then that uh, I think that indicates um, you know what they what they get out of it. I mean, certainly if you're looking at sort of the value for your entertainment buck, um, the the value is is lower with a lot of more recent events since they jacked up the prices. But I mean, people are you know are are buying them in, in uh, you know, as, as much demand as, as they have in the past. So if, if not more, so, um, you know, it's hard to, to fault them or say, you know, you're, you're wrong for being willing to pay that much. You know, if they're, you know, if they, uh, if they uh, pay their money and they, they enjoy the show, then, you know, great. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now you, you've been watching wrestling for a long time. I have been watching wrestling since, Ooh, since I'm maybe five year old and I'm still watching it. And I'm in my 30s, and I'm still watching it. And I saw all these gimmicks, characters, some silly gimmicks, like the turkey goblin <laughs> or whatever from Safari Series, early 90s. Yes, uh, the infamous gobbledygooker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or the clown, don't the clown, whatever. What is the silliest, stupidest gimmick you ever seen if you had to choose one? Oh, jeez, that's tough. Um, <laughs> the dumbest gimmick in pro wrestling history. There have been so many dumb gimmicks. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I mean, I, 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 I bet there, there are a billion that people could name. I remember at Halloween Havoc 1995 when they had, um, uh, they had the, the, the Yeti come out, who was oh. called the Yeti, but he was dressed like a mummy. And mm-hmm. uh, he sort of sexually molested Hulk Hogan. That was... Yeah, uh, that was a low point for uh, for uh, all involved. Uh, I remember I watched that. I think it was last year or maybe two years ago on the WWE Network, and I was like, "What the?" I don't, I like I don't remember that moment when I was following WCW at the time. And I mean, I I don't order every single pay per view at the time when we have no WWE Network, no streaming service at the time, and I, and I was like. What? Whose idea to begin? Who, who come up with this idea? Just, I mean, I know it's not Fitz Wilson, <laughs> but oh man, um, but there's so many bad gimmicks, so many. Uh, Taro, how about the good gimmicks? What's your favorite ones? Good gimmicks. Um, I mean, to me, like when you think of like gimmicks, you're sort of thinking outlander stuff. But to me, the best characters, um in wrestling tend not to be easily categorized as, as gimmicks, you know, like I don't, I don't think of Austin or the rock um, as gimmicks. I mean, they're, you know, those aren't the, you know, they're national natural personalities. They're, you know, certainly turned up to, uh, to give more effect, but um, they're not gimmicks per se. I mean, I guess when you just sort of talk about like pure gimmicks, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's it's hard to argue with the uh, with the success of what the Undertaker d- did with what was a uh, you know pretty straightforward gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, I guess you can say basically Stone Cold for Stone Cold, and I think he mentioned this uh, when you talk about his character. Is basically is himself, I guess, if I remember correctly. I don't think you watched that or hear an extension, an extension of himself. I mean, it wasn't you know. 
he wasn't, I think, walking around backstage carrying uh, carrying beer and, and attacking random people and giving them stunners. But, yeah. you know, that was, you know, the way that he talked, the bravado. It was, you know, if you listen to his podcast, it's it's a, a similar dynamic in terms of his personality. Yeah, and and it, it works. It works in the Attitude Era. Now, in today's product, in the WWE, it's so... How's it, what's the nicer way to put it? <laughs> Hit or miss, I guess. A lot of misses, and a lot of people say, "Oh, this need, it was the same. You need to go back to the attitude era, just in that, or whatever, because it's too PG or whatever." Do you agree with the fans with that? Uh, maybe change the TV ratings. Maybe get more edgy. I don't. I think that they would benefit from going back to a lot of the principles of the attitude era. Um, but I don't think that edginess is the heart of what was different about that product versus the the product now. Um, I think I think edginess or you know PG you know PG versus PG thirteen or whatever. I I don't think that makes a big difference. Um, and I think you know if you went back to you know teasing, you know showing breasts on television or using more profanity, it wouldn't really have a uh, a big difference. I think it goes down to having better booking having more relatable mm-hmm. characters, having less comedy and having the characters that are most important feel like what they're doing is, is meaningful. Those are some of the things that I think um, um, uh, they, they learned from along with protecting baby faces. You know, that was a period when they did a, a better job of, uh, of making baby faces feel special and important um, compared to now. Yeah. And, I see, basically, you know, booking, mm. their booking's being, what, mid lot of bad booking. There's some good ones. I mean, look, for example, you haven't seen for years how they build up characters like Bray Wyatt, for example. They were building that character pretty well, pretty well. Um, at first, the first time they start doing it, showing the promos or feel finite or whatever, uh, whatever the uh, word I'm looking for. Um, and I was like, Okay, this is like Mr. Roger meets Freddy Cougar. <laughs> Quite the combination. And, yeah, and then and then later they show it on the weekly on Raw or SmackDown, and I'm like, okay, and then it's I'm hook, I'm hook, and they're doing a great job building that character, and you, and we have just had that peeper view at the Hail Cell last or this past or last Sunday, and I and I say this last week episode on the podcast that. He should win the universal title. All these build up building that character, but no, they book him book a stupid finish as a disqualification. What do you think? What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, certainly the the what they did with the finish was a uh, a debacle. It wasn't what fans wanted to see, and uh, you know there was a lot of you know a lot of negativity towards the finish and the fact they didn't really give a finish after uh, after all that build up. As far as the Bray Wyatt character in general, um, I, I was always more um, bearish on that character than I think a lot of people were in that I, I always thought it was going to be difficult to translate what he was doing in those vignettes into a pro wrestling setting where he's wrestling matches and trying to win matches and involved in, you know, conventional pro wrestling feuds. And um, I, I remain skeptical about about how well that character can uh, can do that. 
Yeah. And, and now it looks like I just watched SmackDown just yesterday uh, on my DVR, or actually early today on my DVR. And it looks like they're going to continue the feud with he, Bray Wyatt, and Seth Rollins. I'm assuming possible match at the um, Crown 2 when they go to Saudi Arabia. And speaking of Crown 2, we got um, Kane Fox's former UFC champion in the WWE now. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, we'll, we'll see how it does um, and how the crowd reacts to it because, you know, I think for a lot of fans, the hook of an MMA fighter coming over to participate in pro wrestling isn't one that resonates with them. Um, mm-hmm. But personally, I like it a lot. I mean, I think, you know, Kane showed a lot of potential with uh, his pro wrestling thus far in, uh, in AAA and for, particularly for somebody so inexperienced. And I think that there's a natural cool backstory there with him and Brock and what happened in the UFC that they can play off of. So I, I, I like the idea. I think that there's uh, I, I think that there's a lot of potential there. But um, okay. you know, I, I'm not I'm not super confident about how, how it's gonna go over because a lot of it really does depend upon what the crowd thinks about it. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you, there's only so much you can do to uh, you know, to, to, to condition fans. They're ultimately going to draw their own conclusions and, you know, you got to live with that. Yeah. Maybe they should put him on NXT instead instead of bringing him on the main roster and feud with Brock Lesnar immediately. I know they have history in UFC, but maybe put him, build him up slowly, put him in NXT. Maybe this might be wise for that. What do you think? I mean, I think, I think the, the argument for, um, that would be that you could get him a little bit more experience and get him better than when he's ready to, to wrestle against Brock Lesnar. But with the amount of money that I'm sure that it took to get him to agree to this, I think they want to do the feud quickly. And I think they're likely going to rely on him doing physical stuff that isn't going to need a large amount of training for. And if he's down there in the system, you know, working for a long time, I think they're likely going to, you know, try to make him into a pro wrestler just like any other pro wrestler. And I think in some ways having him come in as a guy that's different, that wrestles a different style, that's more MMA-based, um, is more um, is more likely to, to, to work because I think when you do that angle with the guy that's the outsider from the other world, I think having them wrestle differently and not have – the smoothness of the WWE style is 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 beneficial. Yeah, and, and we we seen Wanda Rousey, Wanda or Wally Wanda Rousey, uh, in WWE last year debut at the Royal Rumble, and she, I thought she was doing pretty good in the ring. I was impressed, and she was translated pretty well, quickly. So, yeah, and. Uh, maybe the same thing with Kane Foster. Kane, who knows? Um, we we got to see what happens. Um, do you do you see maybe more MMA fighters go to pro wrestling internal, not just WWE, maybe New Japan Pro Wrestling or or even AEW later down the road? Um, I think there's always going to be the temptation there. Um, I mean, it's you know the two genres are are similar enough that there's. Uh... You know, when you've got a big star in one, there's going to be the, uh, you know, the temptation to use them in the other. So yeah, I don't think that's going to go any t- any way any away anytime soon. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how 
you know, the crowd reacts to this thing with Kane. I mean, if it goes over very well, I think there's going to be, uh, you know, temptation to bring in Kane's friend, uh, Daniel Cormier from, uh, from the AKA, um, uh, MMA camp in, in, in San Jose and bring him in and, and use him in a similar capacity. And if the crowd doesn't react well to it, then, uh, you know, I think that's significantly less likely. Yeah. Okay. And if you want to pick one MMA fire, you want to see any MMA fire go do pro wrestling, like say in WWE, who you would like to see make, make do well. Well, I mean, in terms of like who's sort of a natural for it, I mean, the person that, that comes to mind for a lot of people is, is Conor McGregor because he's such a big star and he's such a big personality. Um, you know, I, I, with every MMA fighter, the, you know, there's a question about how they would adapt if they did some matches. And, uh, you know, there would be the question for him, just like there'd be a question for anybody else. But um, in terms of the, you know, in terms of the star power and, uh, and the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the speaking ability and the charisma, I, I think it's, you know, it's hard to do a lot better than Connor. Yeah. I would like to see Connor McGregor uh, do pro wrestling, professional wrestling. I think he will do pretty well, especially on the mic. <laughs> I mean, people, I think he will go over or I'm, uh, that's why I think um, maybe we'll see that, see that. I know there were rumors on the website about him, possible working with the duty later down the road. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, but anyways, now I mentioned about AEW, All Elite Wrestling, and I enjoyed the first week of the show, or the first two weeks of the show on Wednesday on Wednesday Diamond on TNT. What are your thoughts on the AEW percent so far? I think they've been doing a very good job. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of things that they're doing. Um, I think the atmosphere has been mm-hmm. strong. I think that the uh, there's been a lot of energy to the show. Um, they're making a lot of their key people feel like big stars and they're not throwing everything out there at, um, at once they're, they're showing patience in terms of their, uh, their rollout of the product. Um, I don't think we've seen the, uh, the best of the promotion thus far. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think that the, the early returns are, are, are a very positive signal in terms of where they're likely going. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, I like they present it. Um, I mentioned about, I talked about AEW last week with my guests, and, and the little things like the stage, seem very professional. I remember when TNA used to be, when their show on, uh, I forgot which network, might be Fox Sports or Spike TV, when they start on national TV, their stage is not very professional. It's just like amateurs, <laughs> but their stage in AEW is pretty professional and everything, and it's very presentable. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the stage? Yeah, I mean, they the it, it's not an accident. I mean, they have a uh, a big budget to get behind this thing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of the other people that have popped up in the past haven't had uh, the the same w- amount of money that they were willing to invest in the thing, and uh, you can see the the amount of money that um, AEW and TNT put into it in terms of the uh, in terms of the look of the the, the product, mm-hmm. yeah, and now all elite wrestling, which is every Wednesday on TNT, we have a basically Wednesday night war, if you want to call it, which is head 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 to head with NXT on the same network. I was expecting to be like that 
so soon. Um, what do you think? What, what do you mean by that? Like Wednesday night war between WWE NXT versus AEW every Wednesday. Do you expect they'll be head to head, going head to head uh Wednesday night wars like we saw like Monday night wars? I mean, it, it came together quick enough that I wasn't giving it a ton of thought, but I mean, it fits Vince McMahon's mm. MO from the past. I mean, he's always been, um, you know, very determined to uh, nip competition in the bud as quickly as possible. And, uh, you know, he saw the opportunity to go against them and, uh, and to, to, to do what he could to try to make sure they didn't get off the ground and he took it. I think that's, uh, that's very consistent with what we've seen from him in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and go back to the AEW. Who you think? Who's your, who do you impress the mo- so far in AEW? Just in the two shows, or over the course of their careers? Well, on the roster, the so, so far that you've been watching from AEW in general, like on the not only just the TV show, but also their pay per view events too that you've been watching. Um, who who do you? impressed the most um i mean the guy that i think has done the best over the uh over the course of the you know the the six or so events that they've run thus far to me has been cody i think his his personality Mm -hmm. is really he's really shown through his stories have uh have i thought been the best in the uh um in in the promotion i've really liked the dynamic with pretty much everything he's been involved with thus far um, so, I mean, the, there are other people that I've been, you know, watching uh, that I've been impressed by in terms of their, what they're able to do outside the context of AEW, but in the context of AEW, I think he's, uh, he's, uh, he, he's shown the, 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 most relative to, I think what, um, I was thinking going in. Yeah. I always thought Coley Rose is young and he has talent a lot of talent and i thought maybe wwe in a sense missed the boat or the way they push him i thought at one point when he was the intercontinental champion for example i thought maybe they have something but they just seem missing the boat and plus you know and he has him and gold his brother dustin rose who was gold dust feel with the shield and i thought maybe they have something again and build up the field between the two brothers but they keep Missing the boat again, and then you got, of course, you have that stardust thing, which is, I guess, it's okay. Um, do you what do you think? Do you, you think they miss on the boat? How they handle Cody Rose's character? It's it's hard to um, uh, not say that with uh, with with hindsight, um, given how he's done since then. At the time, um, he didn't stand out to me more so than a lot of other acts. I mean, I, I saw, I thought that. He, uh, he he felt kind of wasted um, at times, and I thought the the Stardust was a very limiting gimmick. But th- there's so many. I, I feel like the 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 majority of their roster, if not the overwhelming majority of their roster, feels like they could be doing um, they could be doing a lot more if you use them better. So Cody Cody didn't jump out um, relative to uh, relative to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now with the All Elite Wrestling, we have Full Gear coming up next month um, with between Cooley versus Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. Now, 
rewind real quick. Chris Chargo was the first ever AEW World Champion, which I thought was a good move before the you know their TV on TNT. What do you think? I, I didn't like the move. Um, in that, oh. I, I think that with the first champion of your company, you want wh- whoever you choose as your first champion sends a message about who you are as a company, and okay. I think it would have been better to have somebody in the company there was a champion that flagged for people were something really different. Um, You know, specifically Omega is the one that I think jumps out the most in that regard. And while I think Jericho is very talented and I think he's been doing a very good job in terms of the heel character thus far, um, particularly his promo last week. um, I, I just think that for fans that aren't watching that carefully and, you know, may not be, you know, following pro wrestling that closely, I think to some of them, the idea that, oh, a, you know, a 50-year-old former WWE guy is the, um, the champion of this, how, you know, different and revolutionary and unique can they be? I think that's the, the risk you run with, with him as your champion. Okay, okay. And now, the AEW... They just crowned a new women's champion. Now I thought their women's division was, I guess, okay. Not you know WWE women's division. They're pretty strong. That and I think AEW has a lot of work to do in the women's division. What do you think about their women's division in AEW? Yeah, I agree with your assessment. I think that uh, I think that WWE is is light years ahead of them um, in terms of the quality of the women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 strength of the women's division thus far has been the Japanese wrestlers that. Um, that Omega has been central to bringing in. Um, I'm not. I'm not terribly impressed with the uh, the group overall. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, me me either. And I hope, I hope it gets there. I, I think they sh- need to. There, there's um, maybe there's another promotion I think called Shimmer, and I think they should target some ladies there. Maybe maybe somewhere in Japan, stuff to mix things up, or that's what I think. Um, now. What do you see in AEW the next five years, five to ten years? Five to ten. I mean, I, I, I don't even know where to start with the next ten years. I mean, that's a, that's a long period of time. I think over the mm-hmm. next couple of years, I think you're going to see growth. Um, I, I think they've got a good product. I think they're going to build interest over time. Um, I think they're going to challenge WWE in a in a significant way. They're going to uh, they're going to get some some key pieces of talent from WWE that. Um, is more, even though WWE is going to be able to offer more money, is more enamored with the idea of what of the opportunities that AEW provides in terms of creative freedom and the ability to to do things your own uh, your own way. And I I think the promotion is going to do uh, is going to do very well um, in the uh, in the short to medium term. Okay, and do you see maybe another Monday Night War down the road, maybe? No, I, I don't think so. Um, Tony Khan has no. been, you know, it's been pretty clear he doesn't want to go on Monday nights because there's yeah. Monday night football, um, which you know his yeah. uh, his father's the uh, the owner of the Jacksonville ja- Jacksonville Jaguars, and he has a uh, executive role there as well. So um, mm. I don't think that they're going to want to run on Mondays. Yeah, yeah, and I always think the more professional wrestling promotion, the better. Um, not like this Mopoli we've seen when WCW was bought out 
at the time. I remember, and now, now I think the wrestling industry is more stronger than it was since WCW closed down. What do you think? I agree. I think that uh, I think that promo- uh, that more competition is a good thing for the industry, and specific more specifically more strong competition because you know you can have a bunch of promotions, but if they're all at the lower level, there's there's only so much that they can do to sort of influence the overall overall um, direction of the business. Whereas if you have a uh, another company that's that's genuinely succeeding at a high level, I think it it, it puts more pressure on WWE to uh, to improve. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I get wrestling almost every day, at, or almost every day. Monday Night Raws. Um, I got New Japan Pro Wrestling Fridays at Access TV and SmackDown on Fox. And I got Ring of Honor on Saturday. You got the NWA Power, just which I need to watch, check out. What do you think about NWA so far? I thought the first episode was really good. Um, it was uh, it was different. It was uh, it was a throwback to a form of wrestling that I think a lot of people liked, and they they picked with a specific. Um, a specific image in mind for what they wanted to do. I thought that it was uh, it was a real success. And that's on YouTube every Tuesday, correct? Yes. Yes. And, and so, yeah, and I think the wrestling industry is a great shape, great shape uh, than it was 20 years ago. Now, NXT, I mentioned NXT, which is on the USA Network, which now is two, two hours. I always thought it's due for NXT to be at least a two-hour weekly show, uh, or they need it. What, what do you think? Could you repeat that again? You always thought, what about a two-hour show? Oh, oh, NXT, NXT, which is now on the USA Network every Wednesday, which is two hours. I always thought NXT needs to be expanded to two hours on a weekly show, and they finally got one, two hours. What, what do you think? Um, I can't say that I really feel like I've been thinking like any wrestling should get longer um, just because there's so much wrestling right now. Um, so I was mm-hmm. I was perfectly fine with NXT as it was. Um, watching okay. NXT thus far with the two hours, I think it's been good. Um, so I haven't had a problem with it. It's not like oh god, two hours is just too long. But I, I think it was perfectly mm-hmm. fine at one hour before. Perfect one hours. Okay, okay. And now, <clears throat> if you're a writer or a booker in any promotion, WWE or AEW. What's the first thing you want to try to fix? Well, let's put let's let's backtrack this first. In WWE, you know, we mentioned about their booking seem to be have some problem. If you're a booker in WWE, what do you like to fix? I mean, it's it's such a long list. I, I it's hard to know mm-hmm. where to even begin. Um, but I, I think I think the biggest issue with WWE in terms of what they're doing is less about like we need to do like some specific storyline so much as having mm-hmm. a different tone for the show um the tone of the show is silly and contrived and um pandering to the lowest common denominator and insulting to a lot of the the wrestlers in it along with the people watching um you know if i'm if i'm sort of constructing how to to improve the thing the the first the first thing is 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 the tone you know remove the 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 ridiculous um, the ridiculous terminology that nobody speaks like, um, give the announcers the freedom to speak like normal people rather than having so many rules that they, that they sound like robots, um, removing the scripting mm-hmm. of, of, of interviews and letting people just speak 
in an extemporaneous manner with their own words, um, I think that that makes a, a better um, a, a better presentation to make match results, treat match results like they matter and matches like they matter so that people um, care about the winners and losers because the winners go on to bigger things and the losers go on to, uh, to, to, to lesser things so that it has a more sports-like serious approach. Um, th- those are a number of things that I think, you know, would create a feeling that the show is more um, is more like a serious, realistic simulation of a sport than mm-hmm. like a I-, I don't even know what what how to describe what they're doing right now. Um, other than it just nothing about it feels feels real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I-, I agree with you there. I've been watching wrestling for a long time. WWE's been... It's just... They're probably so frustrating. It's so frustrating to watch right now. And the only thing that have good things going on right now is is NXT right now. That's what I think. What what do you think? I mean, I I think NXT is just sort of a different thing than what main roster WWE is doing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Mm -hmm. that the, the NXT product has been, has been very good for quite some time. The run that they've had with, with, uh, with takeovers um, and the quality of those, I think has been something that's been historically, um, historically uh, special. And uh, yeah, I think that that, um, you know, that, that is uh, an entirely different category than the, uh, the quality of, of, of presentation that we've seen on the main roster with Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. And you think maybe WWE should end the brand expansion or, Keep that as it. I know they have already have a draft this past Friday, and they'll continue to do the draft on Monday. Should they end the expansion or continue to do the brand extension? I'm fine either way. Um, I think you can do it either way successfully. Um, Given what we've seen from Vince McMahon in terms of the uh, in terms of how he's done when. Separating out the separating out separating separating out rosters versus just keeping one united roster, um, he's really struggled to um, to to do it with just one roster on the two shows. So, just looking at, at his ability to deal with the situation, that makes me think that the roster um, the roster split should um, should continue. Um, even if, even if theoretically, I think you could do it well the other way. I, I just don't think that Vince McMahon has uh, ha- has demonstrated he's been able to. Yeah, the uh, one thing I'm glad right now so far they eliminated that stupid wild card, which is pointless for that brand extension because we've seen uh, both Superstar go wild and SmackDown. It's like brand extensions that doesn't even matter anymore. They can jump to both brands, so it seems like they're gonna eliminate the wild card, or that's what they say. And I like to see the brand extension succeed. You see stars getting opportunity or TV time, basically, you know. And are we gonna maybe see something change with this draft? Maybe something good finally. I mean, I think we're gonna go back to the way that it was until relatively recently, which. Um, given that I, I agree with you, I don't think that the, uh, um, the, uh, the, the wildcard rule has been a particularly successful, um, feature, 
Um, I think going back to what they were doing before is, is, is probably for the best, even if it doesn't, you know, inspire uh, overwhelming optimism given the overall quality of the product. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and we'll see what happens this Monday. On what, what do you think of the draft so far? How they work? They, so far, they, it looks like they're doing network versus network, Fox versus USA network. What do you think? I thought or what you're talking. I thought last night's show was a wretched show. Um, I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. I thought it was insulting. I thought the people were acting like idiots. I thought they undermined a lot of the talent. I thought the picks didn't make a lot mm-hmm. of sense. I thought it was a wretched show. Yeah, I was watching SmackDown and I saw these people and with their acting, I like what this is. <laughs> I mean, they're acting like you say they're acting stupid. <laughs> they're acting. Like idiots, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but I mean, come on now. But, uh, anyways, now on New Japan Pro Wrestling, I'm a little behind. I DVR every Friday, I'm actually really behind, I, but I still have it on DVR. And I know they want to push on the USA, get the market on the USA, um, on the US, on the United States, basically. And they lost some stars like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, or anything. But I think they're in top shape still. What do you think? I mean, I think they're as as strong as they've been in uh, in in decades when it comes to the Japanese market. I don't think that the Japanese market um, was affected by the departure of of, uh, of Omega basically at all. Um, and they're 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 a hot product there in Japan. I think they've cooled off considerably when it comes to the American market. I think that um, some of the people that um, that the American fans were most interested in um, left the company, and that they've uh, they've they've struggled to uh, to. Uh, I, th- I just think that AEW has essentially taken um, a lot of their market share in the uh, in the North American market. Okay, so basically. AEW possible number two promotion in the United States right now. In the U.S., there's no question they're the number two promotion in the uh, mm-hmm. in the United States right now. Number two promotion in the world. Um, that's an interesting one. I think I'd still probably go New Japan. Um, but okay. um, it's I think it'll be interesting to monitor over the next year or so. Yeah, I'm interested in how New Japan will do. I know they want to make have a a bit of market in the in the states in the United States. Um, I know they they still have a lot of talent. Koto Ibushi, uh, what's the other guy named Okada, and so forth. Um, but now, do you see New Japan Pro Wrestling maybe get on? Uh, I know they're on Access TV, which not everyone has it unless you have Direct TV. I'm not sure this network have it have that network. But do you see maybe New Japan Pro Wrestling get enter a main networks like say Fox, well probably not Fox but Spike TV or whatever later down the road? Um, At some point I wouldn't rule it out. I mean I, I it's going to be difficult because I mean mm-hmm. American audiences do tend to um, you know particularly in pro wrestling tend to gravitate towards um, towards North American promotions so a uh, you know a Japanese promotion where so many of the top stars are are, are Japanese is is a, uh, a, a a bit of a a, a tricky uh, a tricky sell. Um, but I, I don't I don't completely rule it out given the quality of uh, of the New Japan product. Okay, and now now I want to get back to I asked this question last week. I'll go back to the NXT 
versus AEW real quick on Wednesday. Now, AEW is now is TV 14, which you don't want to go on the edge. I asked my guest last weekend, is this an advantage for AEW against NXT or does it hurt the product? Um, and let me, I'm asking you the same question. Does it, is it like some kind of like advantage for AEW? Or I think it's a, I think it's a mild advantage. I think you can, if you use it right, um, at specific points, you can, uh, you can appeal to to younger audiences with that and uh, and get them uh, get them excited by going a little bit risque. So um, yeah, I think on balance, it's uh, it's a, a a positive, although not a huge one by any means. Okay. Okay. Now, I I ask. Regarding AEW, I think there's one guy I'm impressed, or I should say, I think he has a future star in AEW, and his name is MJF. I think he has a lot of talent. What do you think of him? I mean, he's a great he's a great interview. I mean, he carries himself like a star, and uh, he's done very well thus far. I think that the uh, mm-hmm. the challenge for for MJF moving forward is is his ability to. Um, is to put it together in the ring at the level with some of the other people um, because it's a, uh, it's a business that's more driven by the in-ring product than it has been in the past. And, uh, and yeah, I think that he's going to, uh, he's going to need to show that he can, uh, he can, he can uh, thrive in, in that setting in the way that he's thrived um, in terms of his, uh, in terms of his character. Yeah. Yeah. Does he kind of remind you of maybe, the Rock when you first turned heel. Um, I, 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 if that's a that's a difficult compare. I mean, The Rock is is such a a a, a, a success. I, I guess he reminds me if if you're comparing to really iconic figures, he, there's mm-hmm. he reminds me more of Piper. Um, but okay, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he 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 has elements that a lot of a lot of successful uh, larger than life heels have over the years. Okay, okay. And do you maybe see MJF world champion sooner than later? No. I, I, I don't think no. he's going to be champion um, in the near future. Down the line, okay. uh, probably. Probably, okay. Okay, now, one last question. Now, I know this is a, <laughs> like a last minute thing. A dream match. If you want it, a dream match probably you may not ever see at all in the whether it's in the WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or any promotion for that matter. What's your top five dream match you would love to see that then probably won't happen in in the business today, or just sort of historically, or or both, both, basically both. You can combine, you know, for example, for me, uh, Hulk Hogan versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, or or CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, or something like that, along that line. Um, I mean, that's tough. I mean, there's there's been so many, um, so many wrestlers that have uh, that, that that haven't um, either that that uh, have, have come through that you know putting them together is uh, is tough. tricky. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess one that historically I think would have been a fun feud would have been. Um, Bruiser Brody against Hogan and the WWF. I think that would have been a uh, okay. a big feud for for both of them and one of um, Hogan's iconic um, iconic feuds. 
Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like I'd like to see um, I'd like to see some of the people that are in um, in WWE that haven't been um, haven't been in, in Japan wrestling with some of the top people there. So you know, like your mm-hmm. um, somebody like a, a Matt Riddle against you know against Okada and Ibushi and uh, okay. um, Omega people like that. Um, I'd like to see how Roman Reigns would do against some of those elite wrestlers outside of the WWE. Would he, would he have really, you know, exciting, uh, top line matches or would they, would they fall short? Um, I think a lot of people would expect Mm -hmm. that he wouldn't be able to hang, but, um, I'd be, I'd be curious to see how that would, uh, um, that would go as well. That that's that's one that the, the question though is one that I I to give a a better answer I'd want sort of more time to to think about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I I know I asked you the last meeting. I could probably message you ahead of time or whatever. I just want to surprise you. Oh no no, it's <laughs> it's no problem. I, th- that wasn't uh, that wasn't an uh, indictment of anything you did. That was just an explanation of why I wasn't particularly satisfied with my own answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I can understand. I mean, there's so many guys so that dream matches that probably won't happen. Uh, so many lot of superstars or anything. I mean, I, I give you some example already. Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan. That you know the usual. Or that you know, not the usual, the obvious. Um, CM Punk for Stone Cold, or um, who else? Shawn Michaels versus Daniel Bryan, and I thought that might actually happen last after last year when he made Shawn Michaels make a comeback with that one-time match when he teamed with um, Triple H against Undertaker Kane at the Crown Jewel, and I thought maybe maybe Michaels compete at WrestleMania against. Daniel Bryan, because you know they have a history of it. Yeah, I think um, that I think Michaels and Daniel Bryan would be a uh, a fun match. I, I I would have loved to have seen Michaels in his prime against uh, Masawa and Kawada and Kobashi. As I'm sort of thinking it through, oh, with personality wise, I, I think a, a a big feud between um, Piper and Randy Savage could have been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely, and that will be great. You know. Um, or someone like uh, what's the Okada uh, in you know in I think he'll be good in WWE. Uh, I hope he stay in Japan to be honest with you. But hey, if you go WWE, good for him. Do um, you see maybe Okada jump to WWE anytime soon? I don't think so. Well, um, because I mean, he makes a lot of money in New Japan, and while WWE mm-hmm. has a ton of money in their own right. I think they probably wouldn't view it as worth it to spend the money that it would take to bring Okada in. Um, but, you know, I, I, given, given how much that money that they're making in, um, in TV rights fees, I don't think you can rule anything like that out. Yeah. And he, he's a current world champion in Japan still, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's the champion right now. Yeah. See, I'm way behind in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I DVR every Friday. I just need to catch up, and I have a lot of catch up. It's, I'm so behind from, I think, early this year or last year or something like that. And you should see my DVR. It's like full of New Japan Pro Wrestling, like full of them <laughs> on my DVR. Good thing I have a lot of space for it. <laughs> there's a good thing. It's a one third. There's a lot of good stuff there. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I enjoy it. My, my uncle, he's a wrestling fan. And he he enjoyed New Japan Pro Wrestling, 
Uh, he watches every Friday because he has the same network. He has Direct TV as well, and he he watched WWE as well. Um, but not uh, he doesn't understand the how WWE works and or any professional wrestling works per se. But he do enjoys the the actual wrestling, the actual company now. I know I'm gonna say last question. I'll that's where I will be last question. <laughs> when people say, Oh, it's fake, it's fake. It, uh, pro wrestling is fake. Now, in my view, it's not fake. It's the way I like to describe it, it's script. But they the guys who or girls take bumps are actually will they put their body on the line. Uh and that's my theory on what what are your thoughts on it? I, I've never been bothered by the 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 idea of people calling pro wrestling fake that you know like, I, I, my in general and this is not this is relates to pro wrestling being called fake or really any word or, or description of anything. I tr- I try my best not to be bothered by people if they say mm-hmm. something um, that doesn't have bad intentions behind it and. I think I think in a lot of instances people will say things that are are meant to be innocuous that aren't trying to hurt anyone that are just the way that they're sort of describing something and if they're if they say something that sort of like doesn't use the words that you would like but they're not trying to hurt anybody I, I don't think it I, I don't think it benefits anybody to jump on them so um, mm-hmm. you know like if people are are using the word fake to insult pro wrestling I mean whatever it's it's their it's they're yeah. they're entitled to not like pro wrestling, you know. Like there are oh, plenty yeah. of, of forms of entertainment um, that I I don't think particularly um, highly of. Um, and if it's just you know if it's just their their description of it and and you know that that that's the way they think about it, you know that's that that's perfectly fine with me too. My response is it still will to me. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say that. I, I still say it sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, it's great talking to you. Um, talk about pro wrestling stuff. Um, it's great talking about to talk about. It. And you are welcome back to to the show uh, if you're up for it. Thanks, Phil. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, and now let's talk podcast is available on uh, nine different platforms, which is available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and much, much more. <laughs> I'm not going to remember all of it. <laughs> I don't have a good memory. I need to write it down one of these days, but I'm too lazy to do it. When you started, I thought you were <laughs> going to get all of them. I was going to be very impressed if you did. I know. I, I, one time, I got all eight of them. <laughs> I got eight of them. I was like, so close, man, <laughs> by, by memory. <laughs> I was so close. One of these days, I'll get it without write it down. I don't want to write it down. I'm trying to see if I can remember all of them. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, also, Let's Talk Podcast has a Facebook page. Uh, so give it a like. And I try to update with new guest announcement or or post a link when the this podcast is available or any episode available and this and that, whatever. And also follow me on Twitter. P-D- my handle on Twitter is PDH10. Again, it's PDH10. Um, is there anything you want to plug in, like a YouTube, podcast, Twitter, or anything like that? No, that's fine. I mean, you 
You uh, you hit the different things that I've done at the very beginning. Um, my Twitter handle is Todd Martin, Todd Martin MMA. If you want to check me out there. All right. Yeah. And also, I will. Uh, the next episode is this Monday on Columbus Day, Monday night, which, yes, I'm going head-to-head to Monday Night Raw. So, yeah, we're going to have a Monday Night Raw <laughs> this Monday. <laughs> so, prepare, be bears, Prince McMahon. I'm ready to go. If <laughs> so, the, I will have a guest. Oh, go ahead. If their if they're rating dis- disappoints, now I know who to blame. <laughs> there you go, man. <laughs> but, yeah, I have a guest. This Monday, uh, Kevin Anderson will make his return to this podcast, which will talk about the death or the death, uh, the point guard position for the Chicago Bulls for this coming season, and also the death center position. The center position. And Boy, what a what so, a what a subject you got there. Um, good luck. Good luck with Zach Levine. <laughs> oh, you you're not a fan of Zach Levine? Come on, man. I mean, if you if you like to lose basketball games, he's your guy. Uh, we are the youngest team. That's my excuse there. <laughs> I know. I, I I'm a, I I went to uh, to UCLA for uh, for law school, and uh, Zach Levine was a uh, UCLA Bruin before um, mm-hmm. before he uh, he came to uh, came into the league with the Timberwolves and the uh, and the Bulls, yeah. and he has to be one of my all time least favorite Bruins. I mean, he just. Such a such a selfish player, just jacking up shots, not really? playing defense. <laughs> I mean, he's he's athletically yeah. gifted, but um, mm-hmm. you know, good luck with that guy. I I, I I don't think I don't think you can form a winning basketball team with him as one of your key players. But uh, the, yeah. the Bulls will will find out. Yeah, um, not, I'm not disagreeing you there that he's not a good defensive player. He he really admitted it on the interviews. He's not a good defensive player. Uh, especially on the help defense, his defensive awareness is pretty poor. <laughs> but you know, like you say, he's a little gift. We are the youngest team. We have many, many players young. But uh, I don't expect I, I don't have high expectation for the Bulls this season. So, but I'm hoping Ben's more improvement compared to last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we well, didn't get Sion Wilson. I'm I'm a Wizards fan, so I, I, the the Bulls the Bulls situation seems pretty good to me. Yeah. Oh, you're a wizard fan? Yeah. Oh, my kudos to your sanity for this coming season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, uh, it's not likely to be a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, especially with John Wall out for what all season next or this season, isn't he? Uh, pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's it, maybe he'd come at the very end of the season, but I mean, they're they're certainly not counting on it. Yeah, I don't mean you guys got Bradley Beal, so there's that. That's yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, well, it's. Great talking to you. Um, you're welcome to the, to the show again, and I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know, and maybe we'll talk some MMA stuff. Stuff you know, we did talk a little bit of it today, and so, anyways, uh, have a good weekend, everyone. Oh, real quick, I got. It. Let me ask you real quick. Who's your favorite football team? Uh, the Redskins. I'm just a DC guy, so. Oh, DC guy. So you're a DC guy. You're the best kid. I'm a 49ers fan, so uh, I know we're playing against you guys next Sunday, so uh, maybe I'll back to you on Twitter if we beat you guys. <laughs> or you can back about me on Twitter if you pull an upset. You never know. <laughs> if you don't see me treat at all because the 49ers lose, then you know what happened. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> but anyways, it's 
It's great talking to you and everyone have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. And I'll talk to you this Monday night. Peace out, everyone.